It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Monday, March 30th. This is, of course, another quarantine edition for you. Uh, not at the at the studio, in our homes, uh, but we're glad that we're back and talking some LA Galaxy and MLS soccer with you. Uh, joining me, as always, it's Kevin the Panda Baxter. Kevin, how's it going, buddy? Hey, so what has happened in MLS since the last time we spoke? Almost nothing. Almost the, the only thing that has happened is the training moratorium has been extended. But anybody who listened to Thursday's show already knows that. Um, For a third time, it's been extended. Why don't they just say, "We'll get back to you when we have a date"? They keep pushing these dates out there, and to frankly, it doesn't seem realistic to me. It's supposed to end this Friday is the last day they're supposed to supposedly lift the moratorium and start training Saturday. Now, I know Borussia Dortmund. In Germany, it started training today, Monday. Uh, players trained in pairs. They didn't mix. Um, and they're back on, on the field. I don't see that happening here. I mean, Germany is one thing. It's a smaller country. I mean, we have, uh, you know, 26 teams in 19 states, three provinces of Canada, um, all kinds of different rules and regulations in place. I, I don't see that happening here. Yeah, it's it's something that I know you and I want to talk about here as we uh, as we continue forward. Um, it's certainly an interesting case of how the league eventually spins itself back up, uh, whether or not the league spins itself back up or not. Um, but some uh, some interesting discussions definitely need to have. We talked about the training moratorium, which I already told you has been extended. Kevin, you and I are expecting that on Wednesday or Thursday of this week that we will see another extension for another week. Um, like I said, I, I think on Thursday, I don't expect them to suddenly extend it for two weeks, but it would be wise if they started doing two weeks instead of four weeks, or maybe they're just trying to build in that flexibility, Kevin. I'm not well, not. 100% sure, but it, it just doesn't, nothing, none of that feels realistic at the point. No, I, I think they just say we're going to ex- extend it indefinitely. I don't think Major League Baseball said, hey, we're going to be back in spring training at a certain date. I, th- My thought when they first started doing that was they wanted to look like they were in control and they had an idea and they wanted to give people a light at the end of the tunnel. But when it keeps getting you know extended, it doesn't help that light at the end of the tunnel. It becomes a, a, a point of frustration rather than a point of hope and and they 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 look naive and out of control rather than in control and i think if they're going to extend the moratorium again just say hey you know what we're not going to train on saturday we'll get back to you when we can yeah it certainly seems that uh as we said that's sort of the the canary in the coal mine in terms of the signal that we're going to get that the league could be trying to attempt to to play anymore um, and, uh, you know, I think that as we continue down this path and certainly see how the whole country is doing specifically New York, New York city, um, how they're handling it. And I think there's hope, uh, with some fingers crossed that it doesn't get that bad everywhere, uh, that everybody was a little bit more, uh, more prepared for it and had a little bit more time to do it than, uh, than some of the hot spots up in Seattle and New York. Um, but the bottom line is that, uh, you know, this thing isn't going away. Uh, anytime soon and it seems like you know another week uh, certainly isn't going to do it but you know that it that really does raise a lot of the questions and it's the questions that we have always said is you know um, how do you how do you make this all how do you put this all back together uh, Kevin whenever you're going to do it and is there a way or is there a thought in your mind that that MLS couldn't uh, get this uh, back together and that we could see an actual cancellation of this uh, 25th anniversary uh, season for the uh, for the Major League Soccer well, there, I could argue that on, on both sides. First of all, you know, it's, believe it or not, it's hard to, to imagine, but 
the uh, postponement of the season went into effect on March 12th. So it's only been, as we're recording today, it hasn't even been three weeks. I know it seems like it's been forever, but it's really only been three weeks. So we, the good part of that is that means we haven't lost a ton of the season. Um, the bad part is look how much has happened in three weeks. I mean, it's spread to every state. Uh, we now lead the world in, in uh, coronavirus infections. So a lot has happened in three weeks. But we haven't lost that much of the schedule. So there's good news, bad news. If it gets under control quickly, but again, remember, we're talking about, you know, 26 teams in 19 states, a lot of uh, different regulations and rules for those states go into effect. So, you know, it's possible. I know uh, uh, Darren, uh, Daryl Ease, the uh, president of uh, Atlanta United, said today in a conference call that the league plans on playing a full 34-game schedule. Don Garber, the commissioner, has said that. They're looking at the possibility of playing in empty stadiums if they have to to get things started. They would extend the playoffs. They would have a full playoff, but they would extend it through probably the end of December or mid-December. So it's interesting. The uh, This season started February 29th. It's the earliest start in MLS history. If they play the MLS Cup final after December 10th, which seems likely, that would be the latest MLS Cup. So you'd have the earliest start and the latest finish. But one thing you and I were talking about before we came on is a really interesting scenario, kind of the the poison pill scenario when you think about it. If the if the season were to get started, and let's say the Galaxy plays Seattle in their first game, and then the Galaxy plays two other games over the next two weeks, which is totally possible, three games in two weeks, I think with an accelerated schedule, they would have to do that. But the incubation period for coronavirus can be as long as 14 days. So let's say a player, a, a Galaxy player or a Seattle player in that first game tested positive two weeks later, after they played those three games. Then the teams that they played during those three games, they all went and played their three games elsewhere. You would have a situation where one infected player, if he tested positive after 14 days, would have could potentially have infected the entire league. You would have to shut the league down again. Everyone would have to go back into quarantine for at least two more weeks to see if anyone else gets infected. That's something I hope the league's thinking about because if they start this thing too soon – we could be shutting down, you know, every two weeks. Yeah, and it was something, if you look, uh, even the English Premier League uh, has sort of been paying attention to. Uh, they had talked about putting all the teams in sort of World Cup-style domiciles, basically at like one or two hotels, piling them into every hotel there and playing all the games, basically, uh, until they finish out the season. Um, you know, that's that's an interesting sort of thing there if you're looking at that for possibly, um, you know, MLS looking at that, which is move all the teams to one place, um, have a couple fields within that area, uh, and then you just play as many games as you possibly can. You bust the guys in and out of hotels, which are basically quarantine zones, um, and you bust them into the stadiums and out of the stadiums. They don't come in contact with anybody, and that's one of the ways behind closed doors that you could play games. Uh, it seems like it would be very difficult to do. And, you know, we've also talked about the economics of this before is that uh, with Major League Soccer uh, specifically, that teams are dependent on the gate, the amount of people who are coming in. Um, but right now, I'm sure that any money coming in via, you know, television rights and anything else that's going on um, is better than zero money and all money going out. Because uh, as far as I'm concerned right now, and I don't know, you know, you, you sort of have to look at these contracts on a case by case basis and a lot of in a lot of ways, but you'd have to look is, you know, are the LA Galaxy going to end up paying Chicharito six point something million dollars this year um, if he doesn't play a game? Uh, it, do they have to pay the entire salary of everybody uh, on the roster? Are they going to go out and they're going to purchase Christian Pavone for 12 or 20 million dollars? Uh, you know, any of those numbers and somewhere in between. Um, 
if if there's still no soccer being played. Um, this is these are the the big questions that are sort of around everything. Now I've I've asked whether or not players are still getting paid, uh, and I was told that it seems that everybody's still getting paid at this point. You haven't heard any players comp- complain that they're not getting paid, Kevin. So you know, are are owners out there on the hook for the entire wage for the entire team uh, in 2020? And if, if there's never any, any game being played, and some of these teams, you know, especially teams like that are just starting, somebody like Nashville, um, somebody like Miami, having understanding. They were already probably going to lose money uh, on uh, in the very near term. Uh, whenever you're putting together and starting a, a major league soccer team, but uh, you know how much more money are they losing when there's zero coming in? Whenever they expected that they certainly were going to have some coming in. Well, your idea of, of of having everyone go to one site and play all the games there, just one after the other, uh, you know, would would be unsatisfying in a lot of ways. First of all, it'd be unsatisfying for the players because they wouldn't have the support of the fans. And and you talk to players now, I think they're it, most of the, the players are just every player I've, I've ever spoken to talks about the fans and the support they get from the fans. I think they will be even more appreciative of that now, now that they've sort of been away from the fans. If they had to play games in empty stadiums, I think they'd be really disappointed. And we've heard athletes in a lot of sports. Bob Bradley talked about it. Um, LeBron James talked about it, not wanting to play in empty arenas, how they feed off the fans. So it would be unsatisfying to the players. It would be unsatisfying to the fans, certainly. Um, but you're right. The the income is a big part of it. And MLS teams do get a lot of money from the gate. I, I think you look at the NBA, they're probably not as dependent on it because of their TV deals. Uh, MLS has the worst TV deal of any of the major networks in, in U.S. and Canadian professional sports. So they do need that gate. But as you said, no money coming in right now. If they play a game, they get the TV revenue, they get the sponsor revenue. And I, I think that's why you keep hearing people talk about the possibility of playing in an empty stadium, um, it's not it's not their first choice. It's not what they want to do, but at least they can recruit some of that TV money and some of that sponsorship money, and then they don't get into a situation with the with the players where they're they're trying to decide who gets paid what because no games have been played. They want to try to salvage some of the season, and and this you know don't kid yourself. Money is involved in this. Money will yeah. will help determine the ultimate decision, but the TV money and the sponsorship money is out there. They can get that. They may not be able to get the gate, but they you know it, they're we're talking right now about crowds of 50 people, I think is what the CDC said. So if you have two teams, that's, uh, you know, 36 people, a couple coaches, um, you could get under that 50 number. It'd be tight, but you could do it and you could play at an empty stadium without violating any of the rules. Yeah. Do you, do you think that they would let uh, some of us reporters into that as well? Uh, do we have to also be, you know, it's like, how, how many people do you need? I mean, you say you could get under the 50. I think it's almost impossible whenever you realize all the support crew that sort of goes in because you have television cameras because you're certainly going to show it um, on TV, right? So how many cameras do you have? Usually probably about eight cameras, maybe nine cameras. So you have that. You have the sound guys who are also down there. I mean, dude, I'm telling you, 50 is almost impossible, and that's whenever they still keep the uh, keep the reporters out. Um, yeah, there'll be some sort of special dispensation because remember that – with a couple of exceptions, these are all outdoor venues, and and that's much less dangerous. And certainly, social distancing will be practiced. I mean, if you really want to get down to it, you've been to the supermarket, right? Since this started, were there oh, fifty yes. people in that supermarket? Sure. Yeah. Were yeah. they much closer together than they would be at at Dignity Health Sports Park? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're right. It's been you know every time I it, it, it's I'm in this weird dichotomy right now of I want all I want to do is get out of the house. Uh, and then as soon as I get out of the house, I'm like, I would just like to be back in the house now because there's too many people and too many things I can't control. And you realize how many things you touch that you probably shouldn't touch. 
Um, and I, I think somebody was even predicting that this is the death of the handshake, Kevin. We're no longer going to shake hands after this because we've all realized just how deadly that can be. And it's one of those things you sit there and go, you know, they're not wrong. I don't think I'm developing a phobia of it to where I would never do it again. Uh, but certainly if things were uh, more under control, I probably would go back to it. But it's still something to at least think about. Um, whenever you do this, but you, you can, whenever you're talking about soccer players, listen, there's going to be contact and that's really where you're getting inside of that 50 players. Uh, you know, the camera guys for the most part can stay, you know, six feet. It's, it's usually wise to have cameras more than six feet apart from each other, uh, unless you're covering a ping pong match. So, um, that's a, that's a good idea as well. There's ways to do it. It's just, it's just really hard. Um, you know, if you're trying to say that the MLS could try to get back to normal, one of the things you have to have is that government lift of the, of the gathering of 50 people. And in some cases, no more than 10 people and in some cases it's like no more than two people um, and all those different levels across different states governors states counties cities um, and how you do that and the complexity of it and and then the hotspot issue as well which is that you know hey LA is you know let's let's say LA is a hotspot well that means that both LA teams can't play so can you move them somewhere else uh, where they could go take on other people like are you going to do this schedule on the fly which is basically we have to look at it every week and then figure out where we're sending people and how we're doing it so that way we can avoid places um, any sort of travel across the the United States right now um, even if it's on charters and everything else is still a, a risky proposition um, because you're able to transport things you're able to transport uh, diseases you know long distances in very short amount of time um, well, like getting on planes you know the te teams in MLS travel commercial they yep. gotta go through commercial well, airport terminals well remember that they also put in a, they instituted the whole uh, the whole uh, charter flight thing before they canceled remember remember whenever we were like oh they're gonna do charter flights and yeah. they were like oh great and then remember whenever they canceled they were like oh no we're gonna postpone everything that's what's actually gonna happen but see that i mean uh, when i did that story on mls travel a couple of years ago i actually looked into that and and a good price not bottom you know bottom barrel but but a, a good price for a charter flight is about eighty thousand dollars so you can do the math yourself if you're talking about flying to Dallas and it's, you know, $200 a ticket. If you get a, you know, if you book ahead of time, you can do two or $300 a ticket and you're taking 25 people in your entire crew versus 80,000 for a charter flight. Yeah. That's the way to go. You want to take that charter flight and have that plane disinfected and all that. But, uh, you know, I don't think MLS is going to allow teams to travel to 17 road games at $80,000 a, a trip. Yes. They, they have now have new charter rules, which will take it up, I think to eight flights a year, by the end of the collective bargaining agreement, but that's still barely half, not even half the games. And you're talking about 17 times 80,000 for each team, 26 times. I don't think MLS is ready to rate that check just yet. I think that's why they're all going to go. They're going to move all the teams to Wyoming. Um, they're going to play all the Actually, games. Actually, South Dakota was the last state to have a coronavirus. Uh, I thought, um, I thought it was West Virginia. Wasn't West Virginia the only one that wasn't there for a while. And then they finally got one. I, I thought it was South Dakota last night, but anyway, it, it it one place where you probably wouldn't want to go, where you don't have a team right now, and you might not want to go play soccer. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's not New York, California, Washington, or Florida. We know that. Yeah, the the city centers are going to get you know for all of the talk of uh, of downtown stadiums in city centers, uh, that's probably the worst place it can be right now. So maybe out in the middle of nowhere, maybe in a cornfield in Kansas, uh, build it and they will come. That's what I've heard. Uh, before I've seen that movie, Kevin. It was a good one. We can borrow that field. It's, um, still, there. it's still there. That's right. That's right. Uh, was that in Iowa? Was that a, was that an Iowa cornfield? I believe it was Iowa. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good little field of dreams trivia for everybody there. Why not? Um, all right. So I mean, it, it, I'm. I'll be honest. I've been thinking about it more and more and more 
Um, I'm I'm leaning more towards the cancellation of this season. I really I, and I know you can go both ways, and and I understand being able to argue it both ways, Kevin. It, it makes sense. I mean, I can sit there and say, okay, you know, if things calm down a little bit, what could you do to sort of get the things back going and and moving in that direction? But at the same time, if you're trying to get the league actually back to normal, which is you know back to uh, you know uh, stadiums uh, filled with people and you know the the sort of the event that is an MLS game. Um, you know, on the weekends, that's I, I don't see that happening this year. That's the, that's the part of it. I can see the closed door games, so I can see some soccer being played. Um, but there's still a lot of questions to sort of uh, sort of figure out. I like you said, Borussia Dortmund training in pairs is is super interesting. Uh, you talk about that, you know, the exponentiality of all of this and how you know. Um, let's see, it, there was a commercial on forever ago, and I don't remember when it is, and I'm sure uh, I'm sure it might have even been before my time, but I knew about it. But they were like, and if you tell two friends, and you tell two friends, and the screen would double and 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 quadruple, and every time you would tell two friends, the the screens would keep getting these little blocks bigger and bigger. It would, you know, that's sort of what we're dealing with here. Um, um, and so trying to figure out how to get 26 teams um, and, you know, that's a minimum of 11 players, 18 players on every team um, for that time. It's just it's a tall order right now. Um, and, and to be quite honest, and, and this is a caveat that we probably should have put at the very beginning. Uh, none of this really matters right now in terms of, you know, sports. Obviously, we're talking about it. Obviously, uh, this is what we do. And we talk about soccer on this. Um, but, you know, this is like this for the league. They have to be thinking about this for everybody else. There's there's a lot of other things to be thinking about. Well, yes and no. I mean, I'm not quite as pessimistic as you. I, I think because they are early enough into the season, they do have a lot of time to go to play with. And and again, it's been, you know, as we're recording today, it's been 18 days. I know, again, it seems to me like it's been 18 years. Three years. Yeah, it feels yeah, like three been, years. It's been 18 days. So uh, and, and granted, things just spiraled out of control. But theoretically, hopefully, maybe they can spiral back into control. If you get this thing started by June or July, that's a long ways away. Uh, if they get started by June or July and they do not play the U.S. Open Cup, they do not play uh, um, the League's Cup, I think it's doable. It'll be tough, but I think it's doable. Uh, I, I'm a little bit more optimistic than you are. There, um, and, and one thing, too, you know, in talking to a lot of league uh, executives, the idea of how important sports are in a time like this, and you're right, it's inconsequential, it's trivial, but it's also important because remember during World War II, you know, Franklin Roosevelt said baseball must go forward. We need a distraction for our people. We need something for them to rally around. Sports does that. It's not as important as politics and people, but people invest their emotions and time and energy and money in it. And it's important to them. And it, it is a distraction. So there is something to be said by uh, about allowing sports to come back and soccer being a big part of that. Um, so I'm hopeful. I, when I look at the European leagues, it's a totally different thing. When you uh, you can look at the Premier League and say, okay, they could end right now, give Liverpool the title, nobody gets relegated, we play with 22 teams next season, bring two up from the championship, that's workable. Do that in, in France too, where uh, you know Paris Saint Germain is one, just give it to them. But when you look at the leagues in in Germany and and Italy and and Spain, where the top three of four teams are separated by just a couple of points. That's going to be difficult. It's not nearly as neat and easy and tidy for them to decide what to do with their season. And unlike MLS, they're at the end. They're like, you know, six weeks, six games away. It's not anything like MLS. They don't have much time to play with. 
Yeah, who who would have known that we finally found the case for uh, for promotion and relegation being a horrible idea is the fact that there could be massive amount of lawsuits if seasons don't get finished and things don't happen. Um, you know, that's why there were some some people were talking about them playing at you know a game every day for like three weeks in order to finish out seasons and you know that type of thing. So um, it's it's just. It's interesting. I never thought we'd see this, this Kevin. And, and quite honestly, the thing I've, I've, I've realized the most is that I miss, I miss seeing live soccer and not on TV, but I miss being at the stadium and I miss watching people and I miss smelling the grass and I miss it whenever Larry always tells me that he's going down for his pretzel because Larry gets a soft pretzel before every game. Um, you know, I miss Larry complaining about the national anthem because he complains about the national anthem on every single. I miss these Except things. Except when Emma Malia sings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was Boy, always. Emma. He was always. He was always uh, on board with that. But no, I mean, you know, I miss these things. It's it's weird because I don't consider myself somebody who loves going to like crowded places or doing these types of things. But uh, I guess I'm a creature that enjoys you know the big sporting events and and doing that stuff. Um, well, well, here's another thing to think about again with the comparison to the European leagues, and I'm not sure anyone cares all that much about it. But I thought this was interesting. The Premier League, apparently, because they make so much money, there is there is not a much of a danger in people not getting paid, whether it's stadium workers or players. There, everything is pretty much normal. They're just waiting. But I heard in France that as many as half of the Liga Un teams, the, the the first division teams, could actually have to declare bankruptcy if they don't start playing again because of the sponsorship money and the TV money and the ticket sales that they get. If they don't start playing, they could lose as many as 10 teams. In Germany, the four teams that were playing in European tournaments have already decided to donate their winnings to the rest of the league to keep some of those teams afloat. A lot of teams, Borussia Dortmund, uh, Union Berlin, uh, Bayern Munich, those players have already decided to forfeit substantial parts of their of their paychecks to, to help the club stay afloat and to pay stadium workers. Um, that's happening in Bar- Barcelona is not going to get paid. None of their players are going to get paid or they're going to lose a substantial part of their salaries for the rest of the season. Juventus has agreed not to take any money, their players not to take any money uh, until the end of June to allow for the teams to stay afloat. So when you talk about what's going to happen with MLS, where the salaries are nowhere near that. Um, and the sponsorship money is nowhere near that. So we're talking about a fraction uh, of the money's involved, but it just shows you, you know, it, it, it's only been again in Europe too. It's only been three weeks and we've already got 10 teams in France ready to declare bankruptcy. We've already got players having to give money back to the teams to keep them afloat. And we're talking about Barcelona and Juventus, some of the biggest clubs in the world. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, uh, it's akin to the airlines as well. You know, you talk about these airlines that, and, and having, uh, I don't know, I'm sure people know this. I, I was educated, uh, in the airline business. Um, so it's, it's my, you know, sort of fallback whenever I look at these, but we talk about, a, a an industry that spends billions and billions of dollars. Um, but really margins on flights are so small that the cash flow uh, that they need to continue on a regular basis is so astronomical that whenever you suddenly cut it, even you know a week, two weeks, you start doing that where the the flows are affected in the way that they are. Uh, it's serious problems. It's the same thing in, in football, and you can see it. Uh, the cash that is needed on a regular basis to pay the bills, um, to produce the salaries, is stuff that you know they get. They get. Uh, you know, you get a million dollars on Wednesday, and it's paid to everybody on Friday. I mean, it's it's that sort of tight in those margins in a lot of these places. Um, so it's just it, it's interesting to see this disruption um, in a global economy and sort of how that's fared. And certainly, I know some small businesses can can certainly understand that that you know you have uh, you have bills that are due on uh, on Friday and you're making that money um, you know Monday through Thursday in order to pay those bills. It's not always great. 
Um, but and it's not the ideal way to operate a business. But trust me, there are lots of businesses that are like that right now. Uh, soccer is one of them. It's just on a bigger scale um, in terms of the money. And when you pick a start date, you gotta you gotta add a month to that because uh, teams are gonna need what, what I'm hearing even from. Commissioner Garber, but also from team executives, what I'm hearing is three weeks to a month at least for another preseason camp. And the longer this goes on, the more true that's going to become because, again, 18 days, guys are already losing focus. They're still working out. But um, you know how you feel, you know, compared to the way you felt the first couple of days, like, oh, we're going to get through this. It's only going to be a few days. You know, players are, there, are suffering with the same kind of cabin fever as well. And I think they're going to need to get back out there and uh, get their fitness back up and get their legs under them again. And, and what you don't want to do is start the season and then have all of your big stars get injured because they're not fit. So you, you've got to add a month to that. Um, if you just say, you know, uh, May 10th is now the date that uh, they suspended the season to. Well, if that is the new training date, you can't start playing till you know, June 15th. Yeah, it, it's uh, and that's optimistic. Yeah, I was going to say that is optimistic. That's uh, that's on the optimistic side. So things are still going to have to happen uh, for the L.A. Galaxy. They launched a new campaign coming out uh, in response to uh, coronavirus and everything everybody's going through. Uh, L.A. Galaxy launches the Together at Home campaign. Um, this is a bunch of different things. In fact, it's like a zillion different things. And whenever I read the press release, my head started spinning with all of these little things that are going on. So I'm just going to quickly uh, touch on a few of these. Uh, one has already happened and some are ongoing. So we can touch on those. Uh, the L.A. Regional Food Bank support Galaxy, along with Victoria Block, have collected and donated over 300 pounds of canned food to the L.A. Regional Food Bank. I, By the way, uh, food banks are impacted right now. Blood banks are ba- impacted right now. If you have the chance and the ability uh, to support both of those, um, that's a that's that's still a good thing. And, and, you know, keep your social distance, do everything as safe as you can. But blood banks are collecting blood. Um, because it is needed and it is necessary and people aren't going outside and doing it right now. So there is going to be there's a shortage. So uh, get out there and do what you can. Same as food banks. Um, the normal donations aren't coming in. The economy's not functioning the way it normally is. And more people are going to rely on that food bank support than anything else. So, again, uh, go out get out there. So the, the food bank support was one part of that. And by the way, just just to add, um, I did I, I've done both since the mor- uh, moratorium or whatever started since the stay at home policy in place. I, I gave blood and I went to a food bank. It's not only a good experience, but don't worry about the social distancing. Those people there depend on your donations, and they know that you're freaked out. They take very good care of you. They don't put you in any danger. It's totally 100% safe. So if that's what's keeping you away, don't let that keep you away. Uh, another interesting thing, and certainly with the partnership the LA Galaxy have with Dignity Health and Dignity Health Sports Park, um, they have the virtual care anywhere with Dignity Health. Uh, you can always get $35 virtual doctor's visits from Dignity Health. That's basically you can do video chats with doctors, and that's how a lot of this stuff is actually going right now. But what they've done is if you think that you may have some symptoms of uh, COVID-19, you can actually go to uh, go to the LA Galaxy website because that's going to eventually get you to the Dignity Health website, but you can do that. And with the code COVID, COVID-19, COVID-19, you get a free virtual doctor's visit. Um, so they can help you out and try to sort of figure out if, yes, indeed, you do have it or what you can do. Um, and they can give you some advice on that. And that's 100% free, which is as it should be. Um, but do that. COVID-19 is the details. Head to LAGalaxy.com and they will point you eventually. Uh, if you go to their COVID-19 page, uh, it'll point you to Dignity Health where you can 
can do that. So I thought that was interesting and a good, uh, you know, having been, uh, and and this is a bit of a uh, opinion piece on mine, but having been, uh, having seen the LA Galaxy have a sponsor like Herbalife, which is largely known as a, as a pyramid scheme um, and certainly preys on people less fortunate, um, it's nice to see that a partnership that they have uh, it might help some people. Um, in this case with Dignity Health. So um, if you need to use that, go ahead. And again, $35 virtual doctor's visits, even if you don't have insurance and it's not about that, do do it if you get if you have a chance to do it. So um, that's one of the things. Signed Chicharito jersey auction. Uh, this goes for the Center for Disease, Disease Philanthropy. I'm swear, I can talk. Uh, the CDP. Uh, and basically a $25 or more donation uh, enters you for a chance to win a signed Chicharito kit. Again, LAgalaxy.com where you can find it. Uh, something that happened yesterday. Yesterday, Kevin, on Sunday, it was the LA, the Los Angeles FIFA Charity Challenge, where it put the two EMLS players from the LA Galaxy and LAFC in a game against each other for charity. Um, listen, if you're looking for a score on this one, I don't think you, you're going to want to hear it from the LA Galaxy side. Uh, the good news for everybody is that it was for charity. Um, FIFA... Uh, if you've played the FIFA video game in recent times with the LA Galaxy's real-time results affecting what happens on the FIFA team, you know that the LA Galaxy, after their two games and two poor performances, aren't exactly tearing up the FIFA video game right now. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is, but that happened. Uh, the other thing that's going to happen, which I think is really cool because I've been seeing a lot of uh, uh, artists that I follow, Kevin, doing this. In fact, uh, I was watching a concert last night for one of my favorite artists on Instagram Live um, was that... Uh, uh, MERS, uh, the Los Angeles rap icon and, and LA Galaxy fan will perform a live mini concert um, on the LA Galaxy's Instagram page. This is uh, to be determined time and date, so we'll let you know whenever that happens. Uh, but that's great. And everybody knows that MERS has been on everything with the LA Galaxy in the last probably 12 months. Um, and so he's, he's great. And so he's going to put on a free concert for that. Uh, let's see a couple more things I want to get to. Uh, MLS Cup Mondays, which started today. So if you watched at 12 p.m., Pacific time on LAgalaxy.com. The 2002 MLS Cup was on there. Uh, I'm still, I got to watch a good portion of it, which I told you I had never seen like a full. 2002 MLS Cup and I'm still surprised at the end whenever basically New England hits one off the crossbar and then the ball goes down the other direction uh, and then Carlos Ruiz finishes it off for the uh, for the goal to give the LA Galaxy their first MLS Cup win uh, in in the second overtime in Golden Goal. So uh, that continues on Monday, April 6th with the 2005 MLS Cup. Uh, 2011 is on April 13th. 2012 MLS Cup is April 20th, and it concludes on April 27th with the 2014 MLS Cup. And finally, Timeless Galaxy Series on Spectrum Sportsnet. Uh, they're showing a whole bunch of different games. The 2014 MLS Cup will be shown at 9.30 a.m. Pacific time on March 31st. Uh, that's tomorrow as we're recording on the 30th. That's LA Galaxy versus New England. Uh, they're going to show it again on April 2nd uh, whenever it kicks off at 11 p.m. Pacific time uh, on April 2nd. April 3rd, they're doing an LA Galaxy Championship Marathon. They're doing 2011, 2012, and 2014 MLS Cups from 5 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. Um, on Spectrum Sportsnet. And then on April 5th, they close that up with the 2011 and 2012 MLS Cups again, uh, 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. on that one. So a lot oh, of that's TV. all great. That's all, that's all great. But did you know that Chicharito has a beard now? 
I was going to, you know, uh, <laughs> I was telling you today, I had to have a conference call with some of my employees today. I said, hey, uh, let's do a Zoom video conference. I'm like, does two hours work for everybody? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, no problems. Two hours works. Like they're all nonchalant about it. And I guaranteed that everybody had to go take a shower before that because I know I had to go take a shower and I was scheduling the conference. I'm like, oh, I, I probably need to like actually take a shower before this. So it doesn't surprise me that Chicharito's getting a little, uh, a little gruff around the edges. Yeah. It's not a Unabomber beard, but it's, it's, you know, he has a, you can tell he's got whiskers. He hasn't shaved in a couple of days. Oh, it's a, it's an interesting time. Uh, if you've been following along, uh, Eric and I, the Portuguese hammer have been doing our, uh, our FIFA replays, uh, basically letting the computer simulate some games. Uh, there's some great one-liners in there, especially whenever Sasha Kleshin heads the ball and loses his mustache. That's one of those you can't miss with the LA Galaxy <laughs> riding a two-game win streak there, Kevin, on FIFA. Uh, they beat Orlando City and they have now beat uh, Sporting Kansas City. I am told by a little birdie that this week uh, the LA Galaxy could be going up against a European giant as technically we jumped the gun on the Sporting Kansas City game by a week so we need to have a fake game uh, a charity match uh, going on here so it could be LA Galaxy versus Liverpool it could be LA Galaxy versus Barcelona could be LA Galaxy versus Real Madrid Uh, that could happen and we will of course bring you those highlights how are your Galaxy teams winning when you said that the esports team was not a good team so how did, did you make some trades? Did you did do some moves in the transfer window? Did you get Alan Franco here finally? No, I turned off the live form because nobody needs that crap right now. All right. Okay. That's what I, I and I'm, by the way, I'm not influencing it. The Galaxy could lose these games. I didn't make one team better than the other. I just said, hey, let's not take two games at the beginning of the season as as scripture for the rest of this stuff. Right. So I said, hey, you know, let's do it. So anyway, those are coming out. Uh, we'll probably have another one come out this weekend if you're paying attention and tentatively scheduled. I should say, Kevin, there's also a live show scheduled on Thursday. Hey, in your games, has Chicharito scored yet? Yes, twice. Two game, he scored oh, one goal against Orlando go. and one game, a uh, one goal in a one nothing victory against Sporting Kansas City. So, uh, See, I knew it was only a matter of time. Yep, he's 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 back on it. He's back on. It. He's finding the form. He's finding the form. So he's uh, finding service. Now, he, hopefully with Amazon as well. Yeah, absolutely. There, that was. You should go back and watch the first video. There was a good Amazon Prime joke in there. Um, so oh, okay. yeah, I'm telling you, there's, you know, there's some real production value being put into this from our homes where, I while doubt, our kids are sleeping. Doubt, yeah. I doubt that. But yeah. anyway, all right. Uh, let's see as a special surprise now, uh, before we get out of here, we actually do have a player interview. And so we wanted to, uh, do our best to talk to, uh, a very fun guy out there. So, uh, please welcome to the show, Mr. Nick Depew. Hey, Nick, uh, certainly appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. I know it's not a not a necessarily a busy time, but it certainly is a, an interesting time right now for uh, for Major League Soccer and for players. Yeah, yeah no problem. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, definitely is a slow time right now, but um, glad I can uh, come on here and uh, answer some questions. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's interesting. So, so you come into this this preseason um, certainly with an eye on making this uh, this senior team. Um, you were playing with LA Galaxy two before. Uh, so, you know, everything seemed to be going pretty well for you. You had a great year with LA Galaxy two. So, I mean, there was real sort of indications that you would be on this senior team and and do that. What was it like fighting through the preseason and sort of trying to figure out whether or not you thought you were going to end up, uh, you know, on the on the senior squad? Um, you know, the preseason was a, it was a great experience and it was a great, um, I thought it was a great, uh, time for me to kind of, uh, show my, uh, my ability, my work ethic, my determination, um, at a higher level, you know, with the first team. So I was, uh, you know, coming into the preseason, I was very excited and I was pretty confident that I was able to, you know, I was going to 
you know, make the squad as all go as every as everything would go to plan. But um, no, I had a great preseason. You know, I stayed healthy, which which was my um, you know my priority. I wanted to stay healthy because I feel like if I was healthy, you know, I'm fit and you know I I, I, uh, I knew I could uh, make the squad. So preseason was great. Um, definitely a bummer that we only got two games two games through the season so far, but I know there's a lot of head of the team and ahead of myself as well. So, um, can't, uh, can't wait to, you know, for this all to get started up again. Yeah, I'm sure it has to be a, a little bit of a letdown. Uh, you get two games in now. You know, there were a lot of questions in preseason. You, you know, clearly uh, you had some time with Montreal Impact. I don't want to, you know, discount that. You got about five mm-hmm. games in about 128 minutes and back in 2017. So, um, you know, you knew that you, mm-hmm. you had an understanding of what the Major League Soccer level was about. But certainly with anybody who has a good year, you know, in the USL, there's always the question of whether or not they can translate that into, you know, MLS minutes and MLS success. Um, did did you already always feel yeah. confident that you would be able to sort of just raise your game and sort of step up and in, into that level? Cause over two games, you, you certainly showed that, you know, you, you have that ability to play on a major league soccer team. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I know my time in Montreal, there's a lot of ups and downs, especially, you know, as a professional, um, you learn from, you know, past experiences and past times, but, uh, my time in Montreal is actually a striker. Um, and then I made the transition to a center defender, last year with the second team and um, I had played, you know, center back growing up, um, you know, in high school and club and stuff. So I was familiar with the, with the position, but, um, you know, I took a year um, with the second team to kind of, uh, you know, get used to the positioning again, you know, play at a higher level as a center back. And then once I played, you know, one full year as a center back, I felt very comfortable and confident and I knew that, you know, my limits are only going up. Um, you know, I feel that there's a lot ahead of me going forward. And <clears throat> I feel like, you know, that my, my season last year with the second team as a center back was a great, you know, learning step and a great step, stepping stone for this year right now with the first team. Um, so I know there's a lot ahead of my game right now. And, you know, I'm glad that, you know, my past experiences have led me to where I'm at now. You know, it's always interesting. You see, you say you come into the to the league as a striker, and and you played striker. You know, really all the way into your professional career. Um, what's the conversation like whenever they say, "Hey, Nick, we know you love to score goals," which all, obviously forwards and, and strikers they love to score goals. But what do you think about playing center back? Was it? You know, does does your heart drop the first time they ask yeah, it? I yeah. mean, it, it had to have been an adjustment. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was an adjustment, but at the same time, you know, I I want to. I knew, um, you know, my best chance of making it back into the league, into the MLS, was to be a center back because I was, you know, I, I was, like I said, I'm very confident at that position. I'm very familiar with it. Um, and I feel like, you know, it was a good kind of restart button, you know, just to get the, get the you know, the form going again. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a little, you know, it's obviously weird. You, you go from, you know, being a great striker, scoring all these goals, um, you know, getting drafted as a forward, playing two years professionally as a forward. And then, you know, one year just drastically making the, the position change to center back. Um, it's definitely weird, a little different, but, um, you know, I took it with a grain of salt and I worked really hard and I, tr- I really made an effort for me, you know, every day at training, every game to really improve and um, get better and ultimately to make it back into the MLS and um, to hopefully get a championship in one of these years. Yeah, do you still have that selfishness of the striker though? Are you going to get a goal on one of these set pieces eventually uh, on, on corner kicks? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping I get a couple. 
Yeah, it's it's one of the you know it was a it was a big joke. Uh, I, I think sort of and not so much even a joke, but you know you look at the goal scorers after Zlatan Ibrahimovic last year. You know Dan Steris was right there uh, in terms of goal scorers because he was putting mm-hmm. them in on on set pieces. So uh, it wouldn't surprise anybody if a defender for the LA Galaxy finished you know second in goal scoring uh, from set pieces and all that. So I think yeah. that's your I think that's your goal there. Um, I, I you know I have to ask now. Yeah, yeah. You know we're getting into this this weird sort of you know time. Um, you're you're not really able to. Try train with the club at all and you know the moratorium extends at least through you know this week and it'll be extended again as we all expect um so you know what are you doing right now to try to even stay anywhere near game shape i'm i'm staying fit um i'm staying active i'm making sure i'm eating healthy you know i i think that's the the important thing is to yeah it's it's hard you're not going to get game fit you're not going to get you know reps like you would in training you're not going to be you know training with your teammates, you know, you're not going to be getting that type of fitness. But at the same time, um, the team has given us a workout packet and every day we have, you know, certain fitness drills to do certain agility drills. Um, so I'm doing those as well as, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in yoga and stretching and Pilates. So I'll do some of those in my off time as well, but you know, I'm just, I'm trying to stay active. I'll I'll probably make sure I'm doing at least something, six out of the seven days, um, as well as, you know, eating a healthy diet, um, being professional, you know, doing all the, doing all the right things. I mean, that's, and that's, that's like, you know, sort of the building blocks that you can sort of build all this stuff. But I mean, um, you know, is there a certain part of all this that you miss? Is it, is it the locker room? Is it talking with the guys? Are you, you know, are you guys face chatting, uh, or FaceTiming all the time in order to sort of figure out, uh, you know, like, like that type of thing? Yeah. 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 I mean, look, I, I miss everything about it. Um, I'm, you know, it sucks. I miss my teammates. I miss the fans. I miss the coaches. I miss training. I miss being out there every day playing, you know, playing the game I love and playing the game I've played my whole life. Um, but it's just, I mean, I, it, it's like, it, I look back, you know, we played the two, you know, we play at Houston and we play at home in Vancouver. And uh, yeah, we didn't get wins, but, you know, it's just like, you get, it's kind of a tease, you know, you get that taste in your mouth, like the, the game atmosphere, you know, the season's actually starting and this kind of, you know, came out of nowhere. And yeah, we're taking a little break, but man, I can't wait to sit. I cannot wait to be, get back out there. Yeah, it was. Uh, we, we were just yeah. talking earlier on the podcast, and you were saying it feels like it's been three years since all these games were played. It's only been you know three weeks. Yeah. Um. But but it feels like. Tell me about the Vancouver game though. So it's your it's your first you know home game at the at uh, at Dignity Health Sports Park. It's a sold out over capacity crowd. Um. Everybody's there. I mean, you know, what was that atmosphere like? And 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 you know, can you compare it to uh. to anything else that you've sort of played in? No, I, look, I, I think that, that that might be one of my, you know, obviously the result didn't go the way we wanted, but it's a, it's a memory I will uh, hold on forever. Um, I, I'm born, I was born and raised in Irvine, California. So, um, you know, Galaxy growing up was, you know, the team I watched, the team I, um, you know, I went to many games at Home Depot Center. Um, they were like my hometown team. Um, so to, uh, to finally make it, I, you know, the highest level you could in the States at my hometown team starting at the home opener was, it was something I'll never forget. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, you sort of put it into that that thing that 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 context because, um, you know, looking at it, you're 25 years old, so still relatively, you know, young. Whenever it comes to uh, to playing in Major League Soccer and and still have uh, hopefully and fingers crossed, you know, a long career uh, ahead of you. You also have a guy like Sasha Kleshin who grew up in Huntington Beach who has that same feeling about the LA Galaxy. Um, you know, sort of being that hometown team and wanted to play for the. It, it's it's interesting how it sort of all sort of, it, it means a little bit more whenever it's the team that you grew up watching isn't it yeah oh definitely definitely and i mean just to on a personal level you know the uh the downs that i went through the ups that i went through and then to ultimately make it back you know back with the la galaxy back with the first team starting the home opener it's just it was very surreal and very um i don't know an awesome moment that i will never forget yeah, it seems that way. It puts it all in perspective. Well, let's let's pretend that everything goes uh, according to plan here. When we get back to playing soccer on May tenth, um, you know, what are you really mm-hmm. looking forward to? What are your goals here for this season for you uh, specifically? Um, uh, I want to win. <laughs> that's that's my ultimate goal. Um, I want I want you know I want to win a championship. I want to win um, MLS Cup. I think that's that's the number one goal for myself and the team as well. But, um, on a personal level, you know, like I said, this is, this is my second year now as a center back at a professional level. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, um, I want to continue to improve. I think the sky is the limit for me. I think that if I keep, you know, going in with the right mentality, every training, every game, every session, um, I think there's a lot ahead of me. And I think that there's things I can bring to the table to the team, that can help us ultimately win a championship, which is, you know, my goal, just to win games um, and help this team win. Yeah, it's uh, it's great stuff. Well, uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed everything happens and uh, that we get back yeah. to a season here relatively soon. And if not, uh, we will certainly be uh, back talking to you as, uh, as soon as we can. We appreciate you uh, stopping by, Nick, and uh, good luck with everything. Uh, good luck staying in shape, and, and hopefully we'll all be back at yeah. uh, Dignity Health Sports Park soon. Of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Stay yeah. safe out there. All right, well, we certainly want to thank uh, Nick DePew for coming on the show. That was great. Always great to hear from him. Uh, Kevin, uh, anything else from you, or are we good to go? I think we're good to go. Let's, um, let's uh, everyone stay home, stay safe. Let's get through this. It seems like it's forever now, but when you're at the at Dignity Health Sports Park this July watching the Galaxy play, watching Chicharito score, you won't remember any of this. It'll be a distant memory. I'm more optimistic than you, Josh. I think we'll play some soccer this summer. I think you're just using it to get on everybody's good side, and I and I appreciate that. That's good. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. And please head on over to the LA Times where you can get all of his soccer writing, and he will find and dig through any story right now to find a soccer story. So uh, there's lots of coverage up there, so please head on over there, latimes.com, for all of Kevin's stories. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy podcast head on over to corner of the galaxy.com to catch all of our fifa replays all these podcasts all of our articles all that fun stuff you can find right there corner the galaxy.com all right i think that about does it for mr kevin the panda baxter i'm josh pato guessman and we want to remind you to stay home stay safe wash your hands and don't hurt your pelvis you've been listening to corner of the galaxy from the box on corner of the galaxy.com have a great one everybody. you've been listening to the corner of the galaxy podcast on corner of the galaxy.com You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. 
We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>